Game of the Year 2018. We're here to talk about the year that's been. Who will win the coveted prize? Will it be from Rockstar or Spider-Man's eyes? Hello and welcome <laughs> to the Two Lives F podcast. I'm David and joining me as always on the Unfriended Information Superhighway is my good friend Sam. Good morning. We are the best boys of the internet and there's a cat in front of me. Oh, hello cat. Hey, kitty, little meow, meow. So um, I couldn't do uh, the recording in my usual space of my bedroom uh, because there's uh, building works going on next door. So I've had to sojourn myself to a transit van to record this podcast. And I just saw um, a cat walk I, past. I wish I was in a transit van. <laughs> do you? Depends. Depends what it was for. If it wasn't for the podcast, what else would you see yourself being in a transit van for? Um... Having a copy of the sun, like uh, in between, like the window and the dashboard. Oh God! Or the, the day of the Sunday sport, and then just sitting there, maybe like drinking a cup of tea out of the thermos. Okay, that's probably what I'll be doing. That's still no. That's still no purpose, is it? That's just doing something <laughs> without, without a purpose. Well, what purpose would you be using a transit? Uh, van I would be in a transit van to deliver cheesecake to the local residents. Okay, what kind of cheesecake? And like a baked cheesecake, or um, not like the New York style cheesecake? I'm not a fan of those because they're too cakey, too delicious. Um, no, I, I like a an English cheesecake. If you if there is such a thing an as an English, English cheesecake. cheesecake, what's wrong with you, man? <laughs> right, uh, uh, it's it's the end of 2018. Bonoffi pie. Bonoffi pie is a good pie. I kind of like a key lime pie as well. Yeah, key lime pie is the one. Yeah. Uh, anyway, games. <laughs> it's the end of 2018, and it's been a year. It's it's uh, it's almost certainly been a year. Fact, factual facts on this podcast. Uh, it's been a year. It's been good because there's not been many shit games this year. Well, well, we will get to them, but there's not been as many as say previous years. Well, I don't think this year as gay in games was as good as say last year, which was just like heavy hit after heavy hit. You think it's played it safe? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, what happened last year? Resident Evil, uh, Zelda, Mario. In fact, we gave Resident Evil 7 the Game of the Year, didn't we? Yeah, so last year Resident Evil 7 got our Game of the Year awards, which is quite good for a game that came out in January. Yeah, and we both... I don't think either of us expected to actually give the award to that when we started the episode, did we? No, that was a bit of a surprise for us. Um, somehow it just happened. <laughs> I mean... Because I think both of you said like, "Oh, that would be our like, like, sort of like our second game in the thing." So I think mine was yeah. Zelda, and yours was something else. But we were both picked Resident Evil, so I think that kind of made sense. We picked that as a game of the year, which I've been yeah. playing a, a little bit of in VR recently. Uh, Resident Evil Seven. So yeah, uh, uh, that game is terrifying in VR. Well, t- tell me more about it because when I played it in VR, I had a terrible experience. So I think the problem you said you had was uh, when you were turning, it has a sort of snapping effect. Yeah. Uh, so I turned that off, so it played more like a first-person shooter. Yeah, um, see, I didn't know that you could just turn that shit off. And I think Because why would anybody want that on? Because I think a lot of people would have issues with um, with motion sickness in VR, and that is what a thing where if you can sort of know how far you're going to turn, it kind of curbs some of that motion sickness. And I think uh, games like Skyrim uh, in VR do this as well, where you're running, it has a sort of vignette, so you're not getting a full field of view. Um, but mm-hmm. I personally find that very distracting, and I don't like that. Uh, and I don't really suffer from motion sickness, so I want to turn all those things off. Uh, to get you th- more, you like think a first they'd give you the option experience. to do that, wouldn't they? Because they they already say at the start, like 
oh, you know, it's, it's down to you to monitor your own health. You need to take regular breaks and stuff. So if it says that before, it says, right, do you want to turn this vignette off? Then there's no issue really, is there? Mm. So, yeah, you almost like want a testing zone, which 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 Resident Evil does have. Like when you turn it on in VR, it always says like, "Hey, is this your first time playing VR? Do you want to play a tutorial thing?" Um, but yeah, like I think it should be a lot clearer because uh, the way they describe a lot of the um, the settings like that, it's very obtuse and it's very like confusing about what it is. It says like, "Oh, sprint vignette." And you're like, I don't really know what that means. Or like motion mm. smoothing. You're like, does that, is that what I want? I don't know. Um, a game called The Persistence, which I think I came at, came out this year. It's like a horror. That's a fucking um, that name. <laughs> it's a very silly name. Will um, you persist? But that has a, like a lot of uh, like uh, safety features about like, do you want the vignette on? Do you want it off? Uh, how do you want the turning? Do you want to teleport rather than walk? Or, or a lot of stuff like that. Uh, and that was very clever about the way it offered those sort of safety features for VR. It's been a good year for VR games, actually. Yeah? Yeah. it's uh, you, Lots of solid stuff came out. Well, there's probably enough that warrants getting on now, much like the Nintendo Switch. Uh, I So uh, Tesco's has its own uh, Audi knockoff called Jax, and they were doing like the VR bundle uh, for about 150 quid. Does it come with a pair of metal arms? I don't think so. No. I don't think so. Uh, but we have some awards to give out. Uh, it's been a year of games, and we've got a selection of uh, awards to give out. Uh, should we run through the categories first? Yeah, go on then. Okay, so we have a selection of awards, some repeating from last year, some all new. Uh, so our awards are Balls Up of the Year. This is a thing that happened in the games industry, which was uh, a bit silly. Uh, the I Can't Quit You Bay Award for old games we can't stop playing. So these were games that didn't come out this year, but we found ourselves playing a fair bit of. Uh, best Character, this is a new uh, award for this year, so that was the best kind of performance and or character in a video game that we quite liked. Uh, re-release of the year, because uh, as we know, the games industry can't help but keep re-releasing old games, so we decided to award an award to the best re-release, the best old game that got re-released this year. Uh, Bobbins of the year, which was the worst game of the year. Uh, a big category called games we wished we had played. So these are games that came we out- don't have the time to play everything anymore. Yeah. So these are games <laughs> that came out this year that we heard a lot of good things about, but we never actually got around to playing ourselves. And finally, we have game of the year, and this is what we decide to be the best game of 2018 from the boys themselves, for the, the best boys, the best boys of the internet. Uh, okay. So uh, first up balls up of the year so this is a a very silly thing that games publishers or developers did um that everyone laughed at them for uh so we've got four uh things here uh first of all up is bethesda uh for the fallout 76 canvas bag mishap now this was a collector's edition of uh, fallout 76 that they were going to release and it was advertised with like this helmet which didn't fit on anybody and also a canvas bag a canvas looking bag but when people ordered the edition it came with like a really horrible like plasticky looking bag uh, and everyone was like what this is not sold as advertised and uh it turns out they actually made canvas bags to give to streamers but not for people that ordered the collector's edition. One thing after another with that game, wasn't it? Oh. I mean, that isn't even part of the game itself, but that that happened after the game was released, wasn't it? Or yeah. was it just that it all got kind of out in the open? So I, I guess they got it 
like they got the collector's edition and people were kind of so excited to play the game and then a couple of days later people were looking at the stuff they ordered and was like wait a minute this is not what i ordered um and then the, the kind of the story kept going on about like uh where did, did, did these canvas bags exist and they found out streamers got the canvas bags and everyone hated bethesda and they were like oh sorry about this have 500 atoms which is a premium currency which totals up around 399 i think god and people were like no you have sold us something which doesn't exist yeah uh to be fair i think when there's it's very rare that a a collector's edition of a game if it comes with something like a bag or or a statue or something it's very rare that it is as advertised i find i feel that they're always trying to con you in some way yeah and i I know a lot of these collectors because you think about how much the full game is uh, like usually it's what 45 50 pounds the collector's yeah. editions may be like 20 pounds more than that it's not 20 pounds more worth of work of like getting like this new packaging printed getting these bags printed because they have to go through r&d printing costs getting all those done uh what soundtrack cds as well because I'm, I'm sure you can get a lot of this stuff done cheap but i mean is it worth the extra 20 quid like actually yeah. they're probably like undercutting themselves a fair bit um and statuettes and all that as well. I mean, I'm sure they can't be cheap. Well, no, I mean, I remember one of the best the best ones I got was for Arkham Origins, and it came with this huge statue of uh, Batman just holding the Joker by the scruff of the neck, like, over the ledge of a building, and that was awesome. And then I think after that they did Arkham Knight, and they were going to do the Batmobile, which you could change, and then a few months before the game came out, they cancelled all pre-orders of that and said, nope, it's uh, we can't we can't get out in time. So <laughs> everybody who ordered collector's editions of that had to go to the just a standard edition. Uh, wasn't there a uh, Dragon Ball thing that came out, which had like these stones in them, and they looked really good in the picture, but when you got them, they were just like a real like horrible plastic. Yeah, I mean that's. <laughs> I mean, that's I'm very careful when it comes to things like that now. It has to be a game I love, and even then, I have to sort of look at it and think, is that actually going to be what it's like? Um, usually, recently, they've been all right. If they come from sort of specifically from Sony exclusives, like the God of War was decent. Like the uh, the figure I've got of that of Kratos and Atreus, that's brilliant. Um, but I think you've got to be really careful, careful when it comes to some sort of like third-party uh, stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, the the collector's edition I was kind of hovering over was the Resident Evil 2 one, uh, which came with, like, I don't really want the figurine. The only thing I really want is the, the soundtrack, because I'm kind of yeah. like a sucker for soundtracks, but it's like £230, and, like, a lot of that's probably going on this figurine and nonsense like that. I bet you they'll, they'll release, they'll probably release it on vinyl, the uh, the soundtrack at some point. Hopefully, hopefully. Um but yeah, Bethesda kind of messing up time and time again with this particular game, and they can't even get the physical stuff out. That's that's yeah. a pretty big deal. Uh, I've also put down here Battle Royale Bonanza, and I think this is more of a general trend that's happening in the industry about everything having a Battle Royale mode in. Yeah, it's getting a bit sickly, isn't it? So, like, PUBG finally came out for PlayStation 4 this year. Like, Fortnite's just kind of going to strength to strength. Uh, Call of Duty's got their own Battle Royale mode. Like, Battlefield's going to get one next year. Um, and it's just going to continue. I yeah. mean, it will die down next year, I think. But I still think there will be games that carry on doing it. Because, I mean, Fortnite's the number one thing at the moment. I don't think anyone's going to knock that off that perch. It's just people going to be chasing that dollar. Like they, like they did with MOBAs. Like League of Legends and Dota 2 were the biggest thing, and everyone tried to make their own MOBA, like Spite or, uh, or Smite even, and Paladins and all that nonsense. Yeah. Uh, the Crew 2, uh, a racing game 
where you race all of grey across America, launching without multiplayer. Now, uh, think of a I'm driving game. It was was supposed to launch with multiplayer. Think of a driving game and the thing you really want to do in a driving game, and it's race, right? It's often doing the races. And if you can't do that against your friends, then what's the point? Like, name another driving game without a, a multiplayer mode in. Um, Burnout? Uh, Burnout Paradise had multiplayer. Oh, did it? Yeah. yeah. But it's, yeah, silly boys. And apparently that game's awful as well. Yeah. And Does it, Has he got multiplayer now? Uh, I think it's must only just got it. Like they had, like they released a like a big like, oh, this is what we want to plan to do, and like multiplayer was on that list, almost like an early right. access thing. Uh, and I, I, did you ever play the crew? No, I've never played actually. In fact, looking at the name, I was thinking, oh, I bet that's like payday, but <laughs> it's it's, <laughs> it's, uh, um, it's not. Yeah, I played a bit of the crew one. I just hated the way the cars drove and i don't think ubisoft have been very good at the way like, at car driving like i was playing a bit of watchdogs 2 the other day and the cars in that just don't handle very good mm. and finally telltale games and their issues uh we've talked about this a lot on the podcast but it almost seems like it came out of nowhere they they've been churning out games at rapid pace for the last gods uh seven years plus yeah um like often they were, they were doing like before that they did what uh, Sam and Max, uh, Back to the Future, Monkey Island games, kind of these re- revivalist ex- adventure games. And it's only when Jurassic Park and Walking Dead came out that they kind of found their niche and they found yeah. exactly what they can do and they just started applying that template to loads of stuff. Um, That's the balls up of the year for me easily because I mean they had they had so many different franchises under their belt that they were doing games for that they even had sequels for like The Walking Dead and Batman and they were going to do another Game of Thrones they were going to do another Guardians you know they had so much potential and I still don't think it's clear exactly what happened clearly some really bad management issues um that just made it all fall apart uh, luckily we are still getting the you know the end of the Walking Dead. I think the the third episode is coming out either end end of this year or it's the start of next year. It's but, um, uh, the middle of January that's coming out, right? Yeah, but I mean, I would have loved to have seen more from Batman. I would have loved to have seen a sequel to Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, and yeah, I don't think we're ever going to get to see those now. And so. you would have thought that they had good expectations for these games uh like they like because they were doing all these deals uh they probably had a pretty good idea about how much money they could get from x amount of games um but i think for me personally like the tech and the way they were doing it would just kept being the same they did it felt like they were just kind of copy and pasting a lot of stuff from game to game and like have having these writers come in and do whatever sort of story um and like Walking Dead one for me and Wolf Among Us were the two ones that are probably the most successful of that. And every time, every other game of those I've tried to play, I just have hasn't kind of hit the same highs. And like yeah. I just keep struggling with the tech. And I, I think at the start of this year they said we're going to kind of ditch our tool. We're going to go to Unity. We're going to take more time in games. I was thinking, oh, finally, maybe this is a time where uh, it's time to jump back in. And yeah, the- well, you could even see elements of that in the last Walking Dead season. Yeah, I mean they 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 kind of put it to the behind the back perspective, which which I think I find a bit weird. Like they're going to ditch this tool, so why like spend all this time making it into a third person action game when like yeah. maybe this was a time you should have like spent the time doing this on Unity, which is more designed for that type of stuff. 
Yeah, that is that is the balls up of the year for me. I think it's uh, for me as well. Like uh, because we talked about Telltale a lot, and like when Telltale are good, I find them great. Um, and I think I when I talked about Batman, I tried playing that, and I said I think I said the words, "I'm getting sick of Telltale shit." Um, <laughs> and like I started seeing that turning from the news they were saying about we're going to take more time on games, we're going to go to Unity, we've got some good properties on our lineup. Like they were doing a Stranger Things game as well. They're all licensed up to do that. Like a Wolf Among Us two was coming, and I was thinking, okay, cool, Wolf Among Us two, new engine, new start, cool. I can't wait, and we're never going to get that now. Nope. It's uh, gone. So congratulations to Telltale for being the biggest balls up of the year. Ah, oh, the I can't quit you, Bay award for old games we can't stop playing now these were games i don't, I don't know if i'm happy happy with you for that title but <laughs> it was left over from last year you have plenty of time to change it that's true should we say best old game no no, no it's, it's staying now it's been there i've for said a it year. i've said it twice um so these were games that didn't come out this year but we found ourselves playing a lot of and our nominees are yakuza zero south park the fractured but whole Doom, Castlevania, Resident Evil, and Kingdom Hearts. Uh, so I think uh, for me, you, this year was the year that I kind of reintroduced myself to Yakuza. Um, like I played this year four. It was the first time I'd ever played Yakuza, and uh, like I played a bit of four on the PlayStation Three. Um, which when I was packing my PlayStation 3, I opened it up and I saw the Yakuza 4 disc in there and I was like, oh, I should probably play you again at some point. Um, but this is the year that I kind of did the deepest dive on Yakuza and boy, that game is silly. That's a silly yeah, game. it is silly. Um, I like, <laughs> I think when I started playing it, I was really, really enjoying it. Even the silliness I really enjoyed. Um, I began to find it quite repetitive though. And I remember talking to you about it because you said to me, no, you need to keep playing it because it opens up and there's loads more to it. But I just don't see that happening. I don't know why. I just can't see it changing. I reckon it's going to be the same game for me moving forward. It turns... It's it's the, the spiritual successor to Shenmue is Yakuza. And... Uh... Once you get to the bit where the kind of the world opens up and you're encountering Mr. Shakedown, um, then that definitely becomes the case. And there's lots of like sub quests and side quests to do, which I think yeah. the, the side quests are the best thing in the game for me because they're very yeah. silly. Um, well, I've come up to Mr. Shakedown. Um, in fact, I came across him sleeping at one point, I think. <laughs> but, um, I don't know if I did anything about it. I think I might have tried to attack him and then he just beat me up and took all my money. So, um, yeah. Yes, the side missions are very silly. There's that one where you have to sort of get the boy band uh, playing in front of a crowd again or something. <laughs> I didn't see that one. I didn't come across oh, that it's, one. It's really odd. But yeah, it's silly. And the, the problem is, I'd, I'd love to say that I would go through it you know, and get up to the new one of Yakuza 6, but I just know that every one is going to be pretty much the same game, just with a different storyline. Yeah. yeah, And I guess ever so. so slightly different storyline at that as well. Hmm. But I think the, the storyline's the thing to drive it. Uh, but if, yeah. you don't, if you're not enjoying the gameplay, then nah. I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're probably all the same. Uh, yeah. South Park. Uh, so this is one I've been playing a lot of this year. Um, and I think I said it on the last podcast, it's okay. It's totally fine. Uh, it's just mm. kind of more of the same of the last one, but with a different combat system. Yeah. I mean, I, had, I think I said again as well with you on the last episode that I had to give it a break. Um since playing the first one i feel like that break is still due a bit longer uh but i will get back to it at some point i'm sure uh doom probably the best game ever made 
It's class. Uh, it's so easy to just pick up and play. Um, I'll be honest, I'm not sure if I've played it this year myself, um, but I do remember once I completed it, I still carried on trying to get all like, the extra little bits from different levels and stuff. Because um, obviously there's loads of secrets to find, collectibles, uh, and whilst you're doing that, running around destroying demons as fast-paced gun mania is pretty fun, especially with a heavy metal soundtrack. Um, Doom is good. Doom yeah. is the best. Uh, Castlevania. And we Doom Eternal next year as well. Castlevania. <sighs> so this is uh, yes. This is this is me, isn't it? <laughs> um, again, I talked about this in the last episode. I've been doing. I'm doing a run through of the games, uh, and I am stuck. I'm stuck on Castlevania Three: Dracula's Curse. It's fucking hard, man. NES games. How did we ever used to play them? Uh, we were younger and had better reflexes then. Yeah. Now we're old it's, men. It's, it's difficult, but I will persevere because I want to get through the uh, the other games in the series that I haven't played before. Yeah, still playing that. <laughs> um, Castle. Uh, sorry, not Castlevania. Resident Evil. Castlevania. Uh, another another Capcom class classic. Uh, I have played a lot of Resident Evil this year, so I played all the way through two did like scenarios a and b played a bit of three um god what else did i play i played well, we both played resident evil 5 together didn't we We did uh i tried... uh, wish we're struggling to get through <laughs> I, I played a little bit of resident evil 5 recently uh without you sorry yeah um, that's all right i think we should skip it and go on a six anyway i kind of want to see just the end and yeah. like I'm on easy anyway, but someone joined my mission and it was quite good they joined because they had leveled up so much. They just gave me all these guns and like a billion bullets. So we were just kind of mowing our way through things. Uh, but yeah. we were in these ruins and he was trying to solve a puzzle and there was like a laser where if you get in front of the laser, it's like an instant kill. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't know this. He killed me and I was I were like, oh, fuck, sorry. Uh, and then we started it again. I tried to stay on the outside of dodging the laser but it just caught me and i died again this is like 10 seconds after i died the first time he's like you know what i'm just turning this off i can't deal with this right now yeah it's very uh infuriating game at times but i outside of resident evil 5 god i played uh umbrella core the the spin-off terrible first person shooter they made um, and is that worth playing god no um the light gun games, I played some of those as well. So I played like a ton of Resident Evil this year. And Resident Evil 7 in VR. Mm, I still would quite like to go and play with Co-Veronica again. I mean, Resident Evil is something I pick up oh, every now and again. It's like Final Fantasy. Co-Veronica. Yeah. Yeah, there you go then. I mean, I think we've got a clear winner here, haven't we? Uh, and finally, Kingdom Hearts. Yes. I mean, that's just for me personally, because uh, the third and final game comes out at the end of January. And I am trying my hardest to get through all the games before then which is going to be a, it's going to be tough now because we've got less than a month left whoa, in fact whoa. we've got exactly a month whoa, whoa. Yeah. have you been spoiled on any Kingdom Hearts 3 stories no yet? I've been avoiding everything in fact all the trailers that come out I have no interest I've already had enough different worlds spoiled for me and they all seem like they're going to be Pixar anyway so meh. Uh do you want to see Luke Skywalker wielding a keyblade that's not going to happen. That sounds like the worst thing in the world for me, and I never want to play Kingdom Hearts I don't again. think there's going to be Star Wars in it. I think there was rumours before people knew what worlds were in it, but I can't see that happening. I don't think Marvel or Star Wars are going to be in it. It'll just stick to purely Disney stuff, which obviously includes Pixar. So, yeah. Uh, 
Um, so Resident Evil, probably. Yeah, give it to Resident Evil. Why not? Resident Evil. Resident Weevil. <laughs> Best character. Now, these were characters in video games that we particularly liked. We bonded with. We felt who were quite fun. Now, we have uh, five nominees here. Three of them? Three of them From are Red Dead. From Red Dead, yes. Yeah. So uh, the Red Dead characters are uh, the lead character, Arthur Morgan, uh, Lenny, and I also put Hosea down here as well. Is there anyone you want to add to that list, or is there anyone no, in the I, I camp think that, you particularly liked? I think that's enough from that game. <laughs> or do you want to put Sadie in as well? I think she was probably... Yeah, she was a very good character. Okay, I'll put her in as well. Miss Adler. Yeah. Uh, so, and then after that, from uh, the hit video game Detective Pikachu, we have Detective Pikachu himself, and uh, from God of War, we have Mamiya, who is the head that you wear on Brilliant. your belt. Uh, how about the orcs? I can't remember the names. Were they? Do you, did you like them? What orcs? The the blacksmith people, the brothers. One of them was an orc, and I think the other oh, one was. Oh God! Yeah. Um, yeah, they were fun, weren't they? They hated each other. Yeah. Are you sure they were orcs? I think one of them was an orc. I thought they were dwarves. Dwarves, there we go. That's there the we one. go. <laughs> uh, that other thing from Lord of the Rings. But I think Mimir's probably my favourite. Oh, hands down, yeah. He's brilliant. It's just, the, it's just the fact that you get a head to carry on your person that talks to you as you go through your adventure. And it's just another thing. Like, when, obviously, when you start the game, it's just boy and Kratos that talk to each other and then you get this extra character to chime in here and there too and the way he kind of reveals Norse mythology throughout the thing and like tells the stories and like that like the, my time in the boat is when they tell the stories and uh, yeah. I would spend my time just sitting in the boat just listening to the stories because if you oh, go yeah. on land he's like boat time is for stories boy <laughs> <laughs> and then you come and then you come to land and it's like story time is over yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's enough um, yes um I think that uh I mean, there's so many good characters in uh, Red Dead. Uh, I'm kind of glad that Dutch wasn't on there because I can't stand him. Um, but Arthur himself, like you really warm to as the game progresses, I think, and by the end of it, you really do feel for him. Lenny is his drinking buddy. Uh, the, the, I feel the, like sequence, we've never mentioned that mission. That, so. that <laughs> sequence where you're drinking with Lenny is probably the one of the funniest moments in the entire game. Yeah, um, it's, it's the best moment in the the whole game, yeah, by far. Yeah. It's just, it's so well made. Like the whole thing that you get more and more drunk and different things keep happening. And it's just silly and fun. And then you end up just waking up uh, like near a stream or something, don't you? It's just completely fucked. But, um, and then you like vomit and then get back on your horse. Or no, in fact, you don't even have your horse yeah, with you. So you've you got to... to try and find a horse to get back to your yeah. camp. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it's great. Um, Hosea, I'm not sure I agree on that really. Yeah, he's a, like, there's a lot of strong characters in there. Uh, in the game. I don't know if he makes it up there with, uh, with Lenny and Arthur or Sadie personally. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I still think Mimir is the, uh, is the one is the, is the, is the best character from this year. Uh, this, this, but may, may you consider, okay, let me, let me run this by you. May I'm not you consider considering detective Pikachu. Detective no. Pikachu. <laughs> it freaks me out. <laughs> and I'm also annoyed that it isn't, um, Danny DeVito playing him in the film instead of Ryan Reynolds, because it just sounds like Deadpool. Yeah. Deadpool Pikachu. May I suggest... What is it? It's not in the game. Pikapool. It's someone else in the game, completely. We're talking about the game, not the movie. Take your mind away mm. from the movie. It's someone completely different in Detective Pikachu, the game. Uh, he's good. He is a Pikachu that talks and solves crime with you. Pokemon-related crime. What crime, apart from Team Rocket, happens in the world of Pokemon, though? Well, this is a whole new world. 
It doesn't take a detector to work out what the fuck they're doing. Uh, there's Pokemon that are getting uh, angry and smashing stuff up, and you're trying to figure out what's going on. And it turns out there's an evil well, mist. They're just n- natural animals, aren't they? They just want to, you know, eat and fuck. May may I suggest may may I counter that with Detective Pikachu <laughs> is the best. I don't think you're going to sell me on it though. Maybe we'll just have to go down. We'll have to get, do a uh, separate for this category. Uh, Sadie Adler. Let's run through her as well. So she is a, a character you meet very very early in the game. Who you save uh, her from um, a whole bunch of oh Driscolls, because um, she was like hiding in the basement uh, while they killed her husband, and she turns into. Um, I guess if you had to say a anyone, badass, she, she is a Trevor of this game. If you had to kind of take a parallel to, yeah, she's not as crazy though, is she? She's got a, she's got her head switched on. She knows what she's doing. Yeah, she's not like off, you know, off the chain, as it were. No, but she does some cold, stone cold fucking murder. Oh yeah, in this game. Uh, rightly, rightly so. Just um, you like you uh, can see her at one point just straight up shanking a dude. It's fucking great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and obviously by the end she is uh, she's a bounty hunter, isn't she? She she's in the epilogue, and she's like wearing like a black, the classic black cowboy robes. Like she's properly transitioned from uh, sort of like a cowering housewife into a, a proper badass character. Yeah, um, and that's you know great to see that transition from start to finish. It's good. She she is yeah she's definitely up there for me in Red Dead. Um, yeah. Because any time you spent with her, she she was just fun to hang around. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But do you think Mamiya uh, takes it? For me personally, I just think that the novelty of a talking head on your person uh, is stories that he tells you as you go through the game. It's sort of like even his accent, I find amusing. Like when he's talking to you about certain things. So uh, yeah, and he kind of yeah. does counter a lot of the dry relationship uh, Kratos and Atreus have. Definitely. Because like Atreus can get a bit too whiny and annoying at some points, and Kratos just doesn't know how to deal with anything beyond yeah. how to tear it apart. So having Mimir is almost like that comic foil or something. He's there to fill the awkward silences, basically. He is, and I think he is becomes like one of the best parts of that game. Especially when he's talking to the serpent as well. And accidentally. Oh yeah, that's him. awesome. Uh so Mimir, congratulations. You're the best character of uh twenty eighteen. Yeah. Re-release of the year. Now these were games that uh, old games that were spat on and cleaned up and re-released for brand new consoles. The thing is, with re-releases, is this including both remasters and remakes? Then, uh, I would say some are remakes and some are remasters. Yeah, yes. And we have a combination of both in it, so I suggest yes. we just plow on with that now. <laughs> uh, so I have uh, Spyro Reignited Trilogy. Uh, Shenmue 1 and 2 Shadow of the Colossus Dark Souls Remastered and you've put Pokemon Let's Go which is kind of a remake of uh, Yellow, uh, Red and Blue Yes, it's a weird mishmash of all three of those games Um, Should we start? Let's start with Spyro though Um, So Spyro uh, a set of Playstation 1 games uh, where you play as a little dragon who is purple uh, and you run about and burn stuff who, yep. who made Spyro? Was that uh, Insomniac? Uh, I don't... For some reason, I've got... Um, uh, yes, Insomniac. Crystal Dynamics, but it's, it's definitely not Crystal Dynamics, no. Um, it's Insomniac who did that, was it? Yes. Who did? Uh, what, did what did Crystal Dynamics do? Were they Jack and Daxter? Oh, they, they were Tomb Raider. Uh, no, they, oh, they really? weren't Tomb Raider. 
Crystal Dynamics. Yeah, they're, they're a modern Tomb Raider. Uh, oh, um, they did Soul Reaver. Oh, right, 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 right. Did they do any... Uh, Gex the Gecko. That was them. Yeah, Spyro's fun. I mean, I don't have the nostalgic value because I never really played the originals. I played the first one briefly, um, but it's not as nostalgic as, say, the uh, Crash Bandicoot trilogy remake was. Yeah. Yeah, I think Crash Bandicoot was the kind of... the 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 classic... Um, if you had to, because they tried to get away from mascots for PlayStation, didn't they? Uh, yeah. Like, oh, Mario was Nintendo and Sonic was Sega. Like, is Crash Bandicoot the thing for PlayStation? They were like, no, not really. Because not had, anymore. It's not. No, but they they didn't. <laughs> it used to be. They didn't explicitly have like a mascot for that. It kind of yeah. Crash became the de facto one because he was a cute character that kind of was in a game. Um, but Spyro, I think, was maybe like a like it that was more classically like a third person platformer whereas crash was still kind of like pretty restrained like he was still going on that corridor where this is a bit more open um, yeah in terms of like it probably wasn't as good as may mario 64 but still pretty solid yeah i mean Mar- i always struggled with the sort of uh the, the 3d games that came the adventure games that came out on the 64 like mario 64 itself i always enjoyed mario more as a sort of side scroller um I guess it's kind of why I like Crash Bandicoot over um, Spyro more as well, because I know it's not a side-scroller. Well, it is in some levels, but other levels, it, it it still fits like a certain pattern, like it's up, down, left, right, whereas Spyro, you can literally run all over the place. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But the best thing about the Spyro Reignited trilogy was the drone delivering a copy to Snoop Dogg. Yeah, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> uh, Shenmue 1 and 2, uh, two of the most boring games ever made, um, being re-released for consoles. Well, I went through all of Shenmue 1, and it was nostalgic as fuck, and I love that. But as soon as I put on Shenmue 2, I went, I never played this, there's no, st- there's no nostalgia here, so I turned it <laughs> off and deleted it. Um, but I still really like the first one. I get, I understand it. If anyone played it now who had never played it before, they'd go, Eh? Like what? Why? Why is this a game that people are playing right now? Yeah. Um, but they need to remember that it was it was a, a revolutionary system at the time because no other game had ever tried to do the things that it had done. Do you remember Nights into Dreams? No. People said that was revolutionary as well when that came out. Uh, I don't know what that is. Do you not remember Nights into Dreams? No. Oh boy, <laughs> you lucky man. <laughs> yeah, don't spoil this for oh, me. Oh, what a terrible game. Uh Shadow of the Colossus. Now this is its second re-release. Uh because it got a HD re-release, like kind of like a remaster last yes, year for the PlayStation it was 3. A, yeah. Because it obviously was originally on PS2, wasn't it? It was, and it was like it was pushing the PS2 to its limits. There were moments in the PS2 version where it was running at like 15 frames a second. Like it was yeah. it was really struggling um so the playstation 3 version was like here it is kind of up res to hd and kind of runs at a decent frame rate now this version is almost like a complete remake like the controls are the same but all the graphics have been completely overhauled it looks stunning uh but it still feels exactly the same it does that's the weird thing like it feels like another remaster but it's not it is a remake of it yeah and that's why i haven't played it all the way through because i've already played the original through you know numerous times and I just thought, nah, uh, it's great. Don't get me wrong; the game is amazing, and the fact that they've made the graphics even better is obviously great. But it's the same game; it's still the same game, despite it being a remake. But it gives people a chance to play this 
legendary game, this legendary yes. PlayStation 2 game in a shiny format. Uh, it was basically a cover-up, wasn't it, because of how bad The Last Guardian was. <laughs> I never played that. Mm, I think people who think that that's a good game, they have patience. Yeah. They have a lot of patience. I could say that about Shenmue, though. Yeah, true. Uh, Dark Souls remastered. Uh, though this was the original Dark Souls, given a bit of a spit polish and released for new consoles. Also came out for the Switch as well, which I think is quite an interesting feat. Yep, I've seen some of my friends online there playing it, and I playing that on the go, I imagine that's quite a challenge. Because when you're getting into something, and it's like, oh, got to get off the train. It's like, oh, you're right in the middle of like a super difficult like fight, and... Uh, I suppose you can just hit the home button, but as soon as you go back in, you'll just lose your way and just get smashed around the head and die. Yeah. So, yeah. And, uh, like how much of Dark Souls does rely on the online component as well, like bringing people in? Because every time I played a game like that, I never try and go online because the one time no. I did, someone just came in and like straight up shanked me. And... Well, yeah, exactly. That's the the risk, isn't it? I think when I was playing Bloodborne, um, I got to rom the vacuous spider and i couldn't do it by myself and my my mate jumped in with me and we smashed it up straight like just so much easier but that's where i think you need if you're going to do it it's probably better to do it with somebody you trust otherwise yeah. you're going to get shanked and i have no friends so that's not going to happen uh pokemon let's go so this is a new release uh, yeah for the switch and it takes like elements of uh, Pokemon Go for the phone uh, and applies them to the original Pokemon Red and Blue games, but kind of giving it in a really shiny manner and re-released for the well, kind of released for the Switch. So yeah, you, you've played this more than uh, I've, I've played none of it. So yeah, yeah, no, I've played loads. Um, it, it is essentially um, it's it's Pokemon Red and Blue because it's uh, as a Pikachu Eevee uh, as the different games, but. It's like Pokemon Yellow in that you have a Pokemon that starts that follows you around, be it either Pikachu or Eevee. You can still get the three starting Pokemon, the Bulbasaur, Squirtle, and Charmander, uh, but you still have ones in each game that you can't get as well, much like the original. So it's a big mishmash of those original three games, um, but with the elements of catching Pokemon that's used in the in the Pokemon Go app on your phone. So yeah, it's basically trying to incorporate this whole new world uh, into this fresh start, I think. Because I can just see them doing this, and then they're going to go on to do gold and silver as a let's go game, and so on and so forth. But it's great fun because you know it's the same old Pokemon game, but with all these new extra things added in that just make it a bit better. So I, I kind of get this uh, not exactly the same type of vibe, but I'm kind of getting a very similar vibe of like say Game Freak doing this before releasing a full Pokemon game, like the way Naughty Dog re-released uh, Last of Us. Uh, yeah. for PlayStation 4 because they needed to get their head around the tech of the PlayStation 4 because it's so different to the PlayStation 3. Um, mm. To be like, we need to go for that process before we got to Uncharted 4. Um, yeah. And I can always see Game Freak being like, well, how does the fuck does this Nintendo Switch work? Let's let's just try something new. Uh, yeah. It's not as Although, big as, say, a full Pokemon release. Yeah. I mean, it's great, though, because this is the first time that you get like a proper Pokemon game you know, the original style of gameplay as a main console game. But yeah. on top of that, I know it's handheld as well, which kind of gives it that whole edge if you can take it and it still feels like you're playing it handheld like the old school games as well. Um so yeah, um that's been that's been my re release of the year. I mean I know it's a remake, 
but it does still feel like you're playing the original. I, I uh, think for me, uh, Shadow of Colossus uh, is the one for me, just because like it's it like they did a version of this already for the PlayStation Three, which is pretty well received. Um, like yeah. they didn't need to do this for Shadow of the Colossus, but the fact that they did and it looks like stunning is yeah. is amazing. But I, I think. Um, actually Shenmue 1 and 2 like these were two games that were kind of siloed off to what the Dreamcast yes and like you never like they were I I, I'm surprised a re-release of them hadn't been done already to the point where I thought they were never going to get re-released well I think the only reason they did it was because they knew they were going to kickstart a Shenmue 3 so they were just probably trying to get people up to speed so that they would get more sales on Shenmue 3 basically yeah uh but you is pokemon let's go for you and i'm, I'm happy to yep. go with that because it is seems like a revelation plus you can put, well you can you can still have your separate one you, you, but you can put glasses on pikachu so you know you can I, and i've just got a team rocket costume so i'm going to put that on him next and you can pretend he's detective pikachu if you put a little fedora on him so pokemon nah. let's go <laughs> well done for being re-release of the year just because detective pikachu um bobbins of the year now this is the- this is going to be very easy this is the worst game of the year. Uh, we actually only have two uh, releases in here. Um, I feel like we should have had more, but I couldn't particularly think of any. Um, well, these have got to be amongst the worst two anyway, right? Uh, so, so it doesn't matter what else we say. is Fallout 76. And the second one, which I forgot came out this year. That's how mm. like fast this went, came and went. Uh, Metal Gear Survive. Yeah. Uh, I I played a lot of Metal Gear Survive because I really wanted to like it. I really tried. And there's something there. There is something there that could be could be fun and could be good. But it's not fun and it's not good. So it doesn't really matter, does it? Like I, I, it, I, I play a scenario out in my head where they spent all this time working on the Fox engine. But rather than Metal Gear Solid Five being the game that came out, imagine if it's this game that came out. Like, it's... Mm. Would anyone care about the tech behind it being so good if the if the original game was just absolutely pants? Oh, it's just a slog, man. Like you, it's not enjoyable. It's just one of those things that it tries to get you addicted to it, and then you realise, hold on a minute, this is rubbish. <laughs> There's no point in anyone being addicted to this because it's shit. So you just you just stop playing it, basically. Um, like- I think it's also in the hope that you want there to be some sort of. <laughs> link to metal gear but there isn't because it's just set in a completely alternate universe with just weird crystal zombies after you so a, a game where arguably the best stealth mechanics in a game like anything you want to do you can do like I, whenever i played metal gear solid 5 like i don't i don't particularly think it's a great game but in the stealth moments uh when i think like oh i wonder if i can do this and i did it and it totally worked like that was a, a thing that was amazing. Like, it had a, some of the best emergent gameplay stuff that I've seen. Um, but ha- taking all those stealth mechanics out and just having these zombies that just stumble towards you and you're putting up a fence and then poking a stick through it, like, ah, what's the point? Yeah, no, it's um, it's a silly game. It's a very silly game. Uh, and Fallout seventy six taking everything you loved about the Fallout franchise and removing it uh, to give you a game that. Just t- does nothing for you. Yeah, I played half an hour of that game, and it's like I said in a previous episode. I know that you should always. That's never usually enough to judge a game, but I swear to God that was more than enough. Um, 
because I knew that it was just going to be that. That's what it was going to be. Is this going to be our toughest category? Because I don't know which I hate more. Um, I think the fact that I spent more time with Metal Gear Survive proves that it can't be as bad as Fallout 76. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, which one are you more disappointed with? Gosh. Um, I guess Fallout 76 because... You thought it might be good. There was a glimmer of hope where you think, oh, I can kind of see what they're trying to do here. If they pull it off, it could be exciting. Like the idea of a multiplayer, like apocalyptic wasteland, but with the fallout trappings around it, sounds quite good. Um, but the fact they deliver on none of that is like is astounding. Like you had, you know what makes Fallout good. You've done it, but you're applying none of that to a Fallout game. Like it just it 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 boggles the mind. Whereas yeah, it's baffling. Metal Gear Survive just seems like a pointless caching opportunity. Yeah. You you know when Borderlands, the pre-sequel came out, and you're like, well, why does that exist? And someone's like, oh, money. And you think, oh, okay. Like, it's the same with Metal Gear Survive. It's a game with the Metal Gear logo on it that a company churned out to try and at least sell something. Yeah. Um, And I applaud anyone who has completed that game. I really do, because I don't know how it's possible. It's too much of a slog. So, congratulations, Bethesda. Not only have you released some of the best games ever, like Doom, for example, you've also managed to release a fucking dog pile of shit <laughs> called Fallout 76. Oh, dear. Uh, games we had wished we had played. These are games that came out this year that we had no time to play. Uh, there's quite a lot of games here. Um, let me just go through the list. Uh, WarioWare Gold, uh, Two Point Hospital, Call of Cthulhu, State of Decay 2, uh, Sea of Thieves, Battlefield 5, Destiny 2 Forsaken, PUBG, uh, Black Ops 4, Return of the Oberdin, We Happy Few, Lost Sphere, Kingdom Come Deliverance, Nino Kuni 2, Revenant Kingdom, and Vampire. <laughs> Vampire. Vampire. They're trying to they're trying to do a whole Castlevania thing there, aren't they? Christ. Uh gosh, should we start from the top of this list then? Yes, power through. Oh, all right. WarioWare Gold is a, a collection of like uh WarioWare mini games. And uh so WarioWare has always been the thing they've put on Nintendo platforms to showcase the abilities of that Nintendo platform. So um they WarioWare twisted, they had like a gyroscope in the cartridge where you turned the console and it would play the game that way. Um and it was like Game and Wario, which used the kind of Wii U touch screen, uh and gosh uh, all sorts of WarioWare stuff, and like any time I play a WarioWare game, it's a delightful experience because it's so rapid fire. Like you've got like less than five seconds to play a game, yeah. and then you're on to the next thing. And this is a it's a good party game. It is, and like uh, this, the weird thing I find with this game is the fact it came out on a 3DS, which is almost like basically a dead platform now. Um, that since the uh, the Switch came out, but it's like a good. Um, for what it seems like, it seems like a good, it's a good referential thing of WarioWare games. And anytime I play a WarioWare game, I'm just like, oh, this is this is fun as hell. And it has a lot of uh, Charles Martinet talking, so that's silly. Yeah, I've, I remember playing WarioWare on the Wii, I think. And it's a novelty at first, but I just... I don't see the point in them when there's other sort of party games that have more longevity to them. 
yeah, it's it's very fast and silly. And I think the thing that maybe makes WarioWare Gold a little bit better is the fact there's so many games. I think it's like 300 mini games in there. Um, yeah. So yeah, wish I played that. Yeah, me not so much. But <laughs> uh, Two Point Hospital. Now this is like a spiritual successor to Theme Hospital, uh, which I loved when I was a kid. Um, and it kind of has the the similar sort of trappings of silly diseases that people would get. So, uh, so someone would get lightheadedness, which means their head turns into a light bulb, and things like that. And you know, I, I'm kind of I think like I'm in the mood for a, a game like that, like a builder. Yeah. I haven't really played theme, one for a very long time. Theme Hospital was always fun, um, and I do have a little soft spot for sort of like strategy games like that. Uh, I guess they're not, I don't know if that's, you could consider that a strategy game, but um, I suppose it is kind of. Even things like uh, the new Jurassic Park game that came out, where you make you build your own uh, theme park with dinosaurs, like even that, I was tempted by. Um, although the fact that I've heard nobody talk about it, <laughs> apparently, it's uh, done very well. Really? Well, maybe it is worth giving a little bash then. Yeah, because it, it was made pretty local to me, actually. Frontier uh, Developments made it, who made Elite Dangerous, uh, and it sounded like that game did exceedingly well, and they've, yeah. they've like expanded the company quite a bit. I suppose a lot of kids would want to buy a game where they can make a dinosaur theme park, right? Yeah, I mean, the game doesn't sound like it appeals to me, because like the only thing that's good about Jurassic Park is when the dinosaurs let loose, right? And yeah. that's what you want to see? But does that not happen if you like balls up the management of the park? Surely think, that does kind of happen. I think it's a fucking like back of the box, like oh, let the dinosaurs go loose because that's going to be fun. Like, like that's the only thing you want to see in a Jurassic Park game, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. <coughs> Sorry, I'm just dying. <coughs> oh. uh, Call of Cthulhu. Uh, now I've heard this game isn't very good. Yeah, I, I think the main appeal is simply the fact that it's referencing Cthulhu in it, so. Um, but part of me wants to play it because I can see a few years down the line uh, people kind of talking about things this game does well that no other game does and like that's happened with quite a lot of like smaller horror games so I kind of want to give it a go for that reason just mm-hmm. to see what this game could do before like it becomes rare and very expensive yeah although I imagine like I could pick it up digitally very soon for like 16 quid yeah probably uh, State of decay too uh now this is a sort of weird one because you because this is like an xbox game um yeah but i think if you were to play it you would quite like it because it's like well, a big open world zombie thing yeah i always wanted to play the original i always did and i never got to and now that the second one's out i'm like hmm now i want to play this one so the promise of the original state of decay was so good there were some things that are like a little bit weird about it but it's uh i enjoyed my time playing it and state of decay 2 seems like it elevates that sort of thing to another another um another scale and like it's available on game plus i have it downloaded i just haven't actually fired it up yet and now like yeah. I've, I've packed a load of games away that i kind of did want to play uh to move that maybe now's the time for me to dive into state of decay 2 um but it sounds like uh, you have to do like quite a lot of management of things, like managing people and um, deciding if one person's starting too many fights, do you exile them? Do you sneakily take them out and get them in a fight with a zombie and not help them to, to destroy them so everyone mm. else back at base is happy? There's a lot of uh, dark things you need to do, it sounds like. Um, it sounds like my type of game. I think I'm going to try and make it my mission to play it in the new year. Uh, do you have a decent PC? 
Nope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that maybe that would have been an option. I have a slow Mac. Ah, oh, well. Uh, sea of Thieves. Um, a game that sounds like it has a lot of promise, didn't deliver on that promise, but maybe it's got better with DLC over the time. Again, a game yeah. that's free on Game Pass, so like maybe I should download it and give it a go while I still can. Is this this is basically the No Man's Sky of the Sea, isn't it? Or Pirate Destiny, a bit of co- like between the two, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I I never thought much of it from the trailers. I didn't understand all the hype, and it seems like nobody else understands why they were hyped now either. <laughs> it's yeah. Um, from what I've heard from other people, it's, it needs to be more to it. Like you're saying, the Seven Seas, which is all fun. Like the bit where you're piloting, like driving your ship, is is good, especially when you've got a decent crew of people around you. Um, but the the kind of the other stuff you do just isn't as much isn't that fun because you're going to like the same islands, you're fighting the same enemy, you're picking up a treasure chest, and that's kind of it. Um, yeah. And if they fleshed that out with more stuff, more side quests, like even dungeons, like dungeons you have to fight through, like turning it maybe explicitly more into like a destiny type thing, maybe that would make Sea of Thieves good. Mm, or you just go back and play Black Flag. In fact, don't play that. Play Odyssey because it's Black Flag with Origins. Or play none of them. Counterpoint. Okay. <laughs> or play Wind Waker. Uh, Battlefield Five. Yeah, I've got no interest in this game. I kind of have interest in this game because the trailers looked really good. I love playing Battlefield games, and it sounds like they brought back the destruction of Bad Company 2. It's just this other games that came out that I was just like, oh, I kind of want to play that more. It was. I always find it weird that they try and release Battlefield in this Christmas season, especially when you're going up against games like Red Dead Redemption. It's like you want to release it maybe middle of the year or like early next year. Well, was it a November release or December? I, th- uh, I think it was November. Yeah, I think they would always try and do a sort of World War game centred around November because that's obviously when Remembrance Day is. Yeah. Um, but every Battlefield game looks the same to me, man. Every Call of Duty game looks the same. Well, I mean, they, they, they differ, don't they? They go from futuristic war to world war to modern war and stuff. And now they go to bloody Battle Royale. So, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Destiny 2, Forsaken. Uh, apparently, this is the best Destiny has ever been. But I fell off Destiny 2 so hard that I find it hard to believe. Yeah, I played a shit ton of destiny 2 and when the dlc came out uh, that's when i fell off and said no more no more sam but if this is the best destiny 2 has been i am tempted to get back on it for for that because if it's better than the main game then it sounds like it did a bit of a sort of taken king type thing where they rehauled the way loot works um like your light levels gone up like you can get to level 50 now as like a main character and then (sighs) Uh, there's new raids and all that sort of nonsense but like the the way the destiny 2 loop works doesn't work very well for a single player which is what i am when i come to destiny yeah um like joy it's definitely more fun with uh playing with friends it is uh and i don't know if i have i don't know if i want to dedicate my time to that anymore not even if you have say your friend and colleague sam spencer helping you out that means I'll have to go. I kind of have Destiny on PlayStation 2, but I mean. Well, we'd also have to buy Forsaken, and yeah. I'm not sure if I'm willing to do that. And like, I have I have Destiny 2 on everything now, because I got it originally for the Xbox. It was free. You madman. Well, I haven't played it all on everything. It's It was free on PlayStation Plus for uh, 
PlayStation, obviously. And it was also free on PC. So I got the PC version, but I haven't played any of it. And I feel like if I was going to carry on playing it, I might as well play it on PC because it will run like at 60 frames a second. It will be like a lot faster. Um, you can play it with a mouse and keyboard. And Yeah. Anyway, you've put on here PUBG. PUBG, yeah, because it's finally come out on PS4. So it means I finally can actually play it. And you know what? After after about a year or so of me saying, oh, yeah, I really want to play that, it's finally come out on a console that I can play it on, and I haven't played it. <laughs> so, but, like, the, the weird thing is I don't, I just don't like the console versions that much. The most fun I had with it was on the PC. Like, yeah, I tried playing I mean, it on Xbox, and, like, I just it doesn't get me the same vibe. I wouldn't know the difference, though. And I'm so used to playing on consoles that that's just the way it'd have to be for me anyway. Yeah, and I think compared to, say, Fortnite, which runs fantastically on consoles, PUBG's going to be a bit of a letdown. Maybe. Maybe, my friend. But I feel like I should still give it a go at some point. Uh, Speaking of Battle Royale stuff, Black Ops 4, uh, a game with no single player, but apparently quite a good Battle Royale mode in Blackout. I've heard really good things about that. Yeah, I mean, I was very dubious at first. In fact, I was shaming it for not having a career mode. Same, but, uh, same. But on Boxing Day, it got reduced to £26 for that day only. <laughs> so I bought it, and I'm yet to await its arrival mm. in my post. Mm. They, so they yeah, did hopefully I'll be able to play that before the end of the year. They released it for like a third of the price without zombies. No, right. They, they kind of cut a third of the price off, and they kind of released it with just multiplayer and battle royale but no zombies which to me is fine yeah but it's still releasing not before game for a so you still i don't know you are cutting the price down but when you think about the ratio of what you get yeah. it's still like probably still not a big enough discount game, so you're yeah, paying, yeah yeah you're still paying the, kind of the price yeah uh, i've put a game in here called return of the obra din now right, what is this this is uh a game made by the guy who made papers please if you're familiar with that I think you told me about it the other day. So Papers, Please is a game where you play as a border patrol guard and you have to like examine people's documents, let them through, or kind of turn them away. Uh, <laughs> and, like Return of the Oberdeen is nothing like that. Uh, you are like an insurance person who's gone on a boat to find out what went wrong, and there's dead bodies and various stuff like that. And the thing that appealed to me this to this game the most uh, apart from people talking about it was the look of it because it's all very um it kind of looks a bit like a game boy game in the way the colors work so it's all green and like like gray um if you look at a screenshot of it let me let me find a screenshot for it for you of the Oprah Din images. I'm gonna send a link to Sam Ami Am. Hope you enjoyed my song. Right. Yeah, it's alright. <laughs> uh, seven out of ten. Uh, Bit of seal. How, Bit of seal. How do you chat on Skype anymore? Here we go. I don't know. Here we go. Hopefully that link works. This is the. This is a very long segue. Uh, it hasn't worked it's just a big old link on my screen click it click the link it should take you to polygon kenis geving vor omliding why is it in i'm assuming that's german i think if you sent me a virus man i haven't i've just clicked it myself and it takes me takes me to polygon (laughs) it hasn't worked i'm afraid oh i believe you i believe that it looks like a game boy game here we go i'll take a screenshot 
Uh, uh, this is boring, you, isn't it? This is you slowed this right down. I have. There you go. Screenshot. There you go. I'll send it to you. Look at it. Look at it now. Look at it with your eyes. Okay. So yeah, it's, it's like 3D but Game Boy. Yeah, so it's all played in first person, it seems. Uh, and yeah, you're, I like that. You're, it's like a puzzle game where you're trying to figure out what dead body you're looking at, who part of the, who's the crew, how they died, and solving the mystery of like why this, this why this ship turned back to port with no with with everybody dead on it. So you're like trying to solve your own murder mystery. Mm, so you're a ghost. No, you're an insur- insurance salesman. <laughs> but you got so you said you have to solve your own death. No, you have to solve other people's deaths. Oh right. Yeah. Cool. Right. Uh, enough about that. Let's talk about We Happy Few. Yeah, this game came out. And I didn't even fucking realise it. So I backed this game on Kickstarter uh, when initially it was supposed to be an open world survival game in a sort of British 70s dystopia. And then they released a trailer at E3 which made it look like a Bioshock game. Yeah. Which it wasn't. Mm. And then everyone was like, wait a minute. When they played it, they was like, wait a minute, this is not what the trailer was. And they were like, Whoa. Yeah, this isn't Bioshock. They were like, ah, duh, ah. So they, apparently they retooled the game to make it more Bioshock. But apparently, it succeeds at neither. Yeah, I, um, I'm, yeah, I guess I'm not surprised that it just kind of came out with no triumphant uh, praise. Yeah, I don't know. It just kind of, I feel like I should have known that it come out because I was keeping my eye on it, and then I walked into game one day and was like, "What? Fifty pounds? <laughs> like, uh, this is out, is it? Yeah. Why are you selling it for fifty pounds? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, gosh." Um, I I I played about thirty minutes of this. Um, I went through the the intro sequence, which was they had the same intro sequence in the uh, early access version and the final version. But what happens after that is very different, um, right? Because in the early access version, I played the most of like you go in, you get loose into like an open world and you you have like a few tasks to do, but you are still trying to find food you're still trying to find water you're trying to find some sort of currency to kind of proceed into like the main town um and trying to figure out ways to do that but it seems is like it, it more like deus ex mechanics rather than a bioshock style well i don't know what they did uh in this new version really because i didn't really get too far into what they changed the inventory into and, and stuff like that so it, it could very well be like uh a bit more like deus ex but uh i couldn't really say because i didn't play mm. the finished version that much Never mind. Maybe it's not worth giving it a go. Uh, I mean, I'll have to install it one day on the PC and like actually give it a proper fucking go. Yeah. Uh, Lost Sphere. Now, this is one you put in here. I don't know this yeah. game. Uh, this came out um, earlier in the year, and it was an RPG from Square Enix. Um, and it looked like an old-school one, which is why I was very excited, because they rarely do old-school RPGs anymore. Um but it's just kind of I've heard good things about it but it just kind of drifted under the radar a bit because I don't think that many people play old school RPGs anymore um, but you can get it on PS4 Xbox Switch uh, in fact you, I'm quite tempted to get it on the Switch when you say old school are we talking like old school like uh, JRPGs or are we talking more like a Baldur's Gate top down type thing yeah it's top I believe it's top down okay um, there's, there's so you a... could almost say it's similar to Final Fantasy 7 to some extent okay but, Probably more so like tactics. I don't really know. I don't know how the gameplay works on it. So I don't know what the sort of fighting mechanics are like. Yeah. 
because I've not played it. So <laughs> that's why I want to play. I want to find out what it's like. And I guess like more old school RPG stuff that came out was God Octopath Traveler. That's a game neither. Yeah, really I mean, that's played. another like, one that's on the Switch that I really want to play. Um, and also, um, Dragon's Quest Eleven came out this year. That seems did, quite yeah. cool because I hate slimes and I want to beat them up. Um, Kingdom Come Deliverance. Uh, the only thing I really knew about this game was the controversy around apparently one of the developers was a little bit sexist or said, oh, there's no black people in that era of time, so they're not in the game. And everyone was like, what? Yeah, I didn't know about that. Um, That's the only thing I know about this game, really. Yeah, what I know is that it looks boring as hell. <laughs> but... For some reason, it's got great reviews. I heard it's incredibly realistic, for better or worse. Yeah, that's well, that's probably why it's got the good reviews then, because I imagine you have to really put yourself in that world and take your time with it. And yeah, like it's not like Skyrim, where you've got magic and abilities. It is literally, you know, sword, armor, shield, and I guess surviving in that very realistic sort of medieval age. Uh, according to Steam, it's uh, mostly positive. Um, yeah, because I don't, I don't really know much about this game. Um, like, all I heard was some controversy about like the bloke behind it. I just, do, but that kind of seemed to override what the game actually was, and is it any good or not? Um, yeah. So I would, be, I, I'd be interested to like try it out. And I was very surprised this game was coming out on consoles as well because it really seemed like a hardcore PC type game to me. And then I walked into Tesco's one day and saw it on the shelf, and I thought, oh. Fucking hell, I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, I've lost my uh, thing here. Um, next game, Nino Kuni 2 Revenant Kingdom, where apparently you play as a president with a gun. Right. That's all I know. Is that, is that true? That is true. Are you sure? 100%. That's, that's what I've heard about uh, this particular game is, uh, yes, you start off as the president and then the, the world gets nuked and then you wake up in Ding Dong Dell. God. Um, well, I've I've got it on my shelf, but I've not played it yet because I wanted to complete the original first. But as I'm never going to do that, <laughs> I think it might just stay on my shelf for all time. I, I packed Nino Kuni, uh, the first one for the PlayStation 3, up, actually, to take with me when I move. Um, yeah. Because I'm just taking all my consoles with me. But I, I got to like the first major town in the fantasy world and stopped... I think the king was a cat. Oh yeah, the cat king man. Yeah, uh, and that's I don't know. it's actually Ding Dong Dell. That's as far as I got. Yeah. Uh, and finally, Vampire. Yeah, Vampire. I mean, I was originally excited about this because I thought—I don't know if I'm right—but I thought it was being made by the same people who used to make the old Vampire the Masquerade games and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know if it is though. I think it's uh, if it is, it's not the same style game anyway. It's not. It's it's like a third person kind of action game. Like an uh, is it kind of like Mass Effect in a weird way? But not not Mass Effect. No, 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 no. Uh, oh, it's Don't Nod. The people behind Life is Strange. Oh, it's gonna be shit then. Great. Um, <laughs> I like Life is Strange. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I've I just I've been interested in this game. I've just never bought it because I didn't want to pay full price for it. Uh, the people that made Vampire the Masquerade were Troika Games, yeah, who are based yeah. in Irvine, California, not France. Like, don't know. Okay, not the same then. But I just maybe it's just the way it's spelled. Uh, I, I, I kind of it looks it looks okay to me. I heard it kind of got middling reviews, but I kind of want to give it a go anyway. Yeah. Um, just 
because it seems like one of those B-tier games which could have like one or two cool things about it that other games should do more of. Um, yeah. So, gosh, there's a lot there. Uh, games we wish we had played. Do we, do we, does this get an award, this category? Uh, Can you give an award to a game you haven't played? Well, well it's games we, we most wanted to play but didn't get around to. Oh, right. Oh, God. Um, I mean... I think Destiny 2 Forsaken, because I know how good Destiny could be, and it's maybe I should go back? Maybe? Yeah, I mean, I, I love Destiny 2. Um, and uh, the as I said, the DLC did kind of throw me off. And seeing as I don't really have a, a thought on which one I'd rather play, I'm happy to pass it on to you. Go Here's on. what I say about that. Go on. St- uh, stick, Black stick Ops 4. Guns. It's Destiny 2 or Black Ops 4 for me. Um, pick one. <laughs> Destiny 2. You win. Yay. A game we wished we played. Um, <laughs> you can tell we fought this through a lot of these awards. And finally, Game of the Year. Game of the Year. This is the best game of 2018. Yeah. Our nominees are God of War. Red Dead Redemption 2, Tetris Effect, Marvel's Spider-Man, not no one else's Spider-Man, Marvel's Spider-Man, Smash Bros. Ultimate, Super Smash, Super Smash Bros. Brothers Ultimate, and Detroit, David Cage's Detroit Become Human, David Cage's I've Discovered Racism, Detroit Become Human. <laughs> <laughs> Racism towards androids, maybe. Yeah. Hey guys, anyway. have you heard of this thing called racism? No one else has found out about it. I better make a game about it. <laughs> By David Cage. Anyway. <laughs> winner! It's a winner of the year. <laughs> um, I kind of wanted to put Hitman 2 on here as well, but no, you I didn't. haven't played no, any you of didn't. Hitman 2 content. So No, you fucking didn't. <laughs> Why? <laughs> oh. um, what are we starting with? Let's maybe weed out some of the ones that are probably not going to make it first. Uh, uh, so Tetris Effect. Yeah. Tetris Effect, yeah. I, <laughs> I love Tetris, and I love Tetris Effect, and I love playing Tetris Effect in virtual reality. It's... <clears throat> I said it before. Tetris is probably the best game ever made, categorically, because you're you're always winning when it comes to Tetris. When you're, you know, you never win. You, you're, yes, that's, that, that's the truth. But you, you're always winning to the point you'll lose. And playing Tetris Effect in VR is an experience like no other. It's you, You're approaching something similar to Zen. A Zen-like experience of Tetris. But it's not going to win, because you have no taste. Uh, <laughs> well, do you really want that to be Game of the Year? It's up there. <laughs> no, it's not. And I'm, I'm not describing it well. But it's good. It's incredibly good. No, you you described it as well as anyone can, and I think everyone knows what Tetris is. And I can I can understand that playing it with a VR headset on may have some difference. It's it's kind of the, the whole finish of the thing, the whole presentation of the thing, because like the music's kick ass. It's like the the, the things happening around. Is the, it the, the, the original music? Is it? <laughs> no, it's it's no. not. It's like well, it's already lost, then, isn't it? <laughs> It's 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 good. It's very good. Do you ever, do you ever play Res? Or f- yeah, I remember Res. Because uh, so the, the the people behind Res made this, and right. that's the, the, the imagine the vibe of Res applied to Tetris. I can imagine it. 
it's that. Okay. Imagine how good that is. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I can't be sold on this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to force you to play it. Um, yes. A game, another game that's probably not going to make it. Uh, probably Detroit. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that. Don't get me wrong. I love that game, uh, which is why it's in this category. But um, there, are, there are better games that count this year. But Detroit was... Um, I think it's the best that David Cage has done. Yeah. Um, and back in the day, you know, Heavy Rain was great when that first came out. Uh, Beyond kind of went downhill. Um, but this has definitely redeemed uh, Quantum Dream. <laughs> you were going to say Quantum Leap, weren't you? I was going to say Quantum Realm. <laughs> but um, Quantum Dream, yeah. Is it Quantum or Quantic? Quantic Dreams. Quantic Dreams. There we go, yeah. So... Uh, I think it was the fact that you had so many more choices than previous games uh, that you genuinely felt like choices you made affected what was going to happen. You had three main playable characters, you know, they could die at any time and that would change the outcome of the game. Um, I genuinely enjoyed playing it through multiple times to get different outcomes and just to get a platinum trophy. But um, yeah, it was it was great fun. Like the acting in it was great as well. They find, they'd actually got proper actors in, I guess, like they did with Beyond. Um but this time it felt right. It didn't feel like they were just throwing it in as like a name on the box um, because they're not exactly really famous actors. They're just recognisable from different sort of TV shows and films. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it and I would probably play it again next year. Fabulous. I You didn't play it though, did you? I didn't play it uh, because Beyond Two Souls was so mind-numbingly dull. Um, yes. That should not be a reason not to play this game, though. Yeah, uh, uh, my microphone's falling over. Um, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, yeah, maybe one day I'll play it. Maybe, maybe, maybe. If I if I have a brain aneurysm. Um, yeah. S- Spider Man. Spider Man. Yeah, that's not going to win game of the year either. It's 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 okay. I liked it a hell of a lot more than you did, I think, because I really really enjoyed it. But I think there's better third-person action games this year. Yeah, probably, yeah. Which are on uh, our list. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true, there is. Um, but, I don't know, for me, I think it was the fact that they finally brought Spider-Man back from the brink of destruction. Like, the previous games that they had, there were two based on uh, the Andrew Garfield films that weren't very good. There was one before that, Edge of Spider-Verse, which was terrible. What uh, I remember Shattered Memories... Shattered memories I didn't like particularly either. So there weren't they 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 were and they're all made by Activision, those ones, so they were on a losing streak, basically. And then Insomniac took it over, and it's like, oh good, a respectable game developer. Maybe they can actually do something good with this. And yeah, they made a huge New York City, you know, classic swinging around. The only thing I wish they had included was the double zipping, because it was literally just one one web the entire game. And I was really hoping you could do that thing in Spider-Man 2 where you can like attach another one and sort of hang in the air before you let go of one and swing the other way. Um, but I think I liked some of the villains, some of the story in it. I liked the different pacing where you'd go to uh, Mary Jane or to Miles, although sometimes they went on too long and they did get a little tedious. But I think that change of pace was still necessary. Um, the amount of different costumes in it was great. Um there's just a lot of good things with it. I know that you personally thought the combat was a bit tetchy at times. Yeah, like the combat was just um like it, it felt like it was misleading in, in, in moments. Um I thought I thought the stealth stuff was like a little bit weedy and I think there could have been more 
fun side stuff to do like there's too many bases for you to liberate or like too many challenges to you to do for like the taskmaster was that his name yes yeah i thought all that stuff like um after doing one or two of them i thought you know what i'm done with this um but i think these the side missions itself were quite good and i think there could have been more of them which could have led into encountering little bits of other villains because um or hinting at other villains i think that could have been quite good but there wasn't enough of that yeah i'd also like to point out that um putting spider-man in the game of the year category does not include the dlc that comes with it <laughs> not having fun with that uh i still haven't got through the second part and the third one's just come out so Blech. i'm gonna have to push for it sooner or later okay uh super smash bros ultimate where do you stand on this samuel uh i haven't stopped playing it since it since i got the switch um have you unlocked jigglypuff yet or not i think so yeah but that's half the fun you only start off with like six characters have you unlocked kirby yet or not you start with kirby have you got the pikachu or not yes um have you got mewtwo or not no have you got bayonetta yet or not no have you got cloud yet or not yeah (laughs) no more further questions your honor Ugh. Um, you've completely thrown me off track now. <laughs> is, Why don't you talk about it? Is <laughs> is there a Charizard in it or not? Yeah, but that's part of a character that you can change between Charizard, Squirtle, and Ivysaur. Have you got um, Pac-Man or not? Yeah, that's enough of that. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I apologise. It's like, it's a... Uh, it's an accumulation of all past Smash Brothers games, so it is obviously the best in the series. And who doesn't Everyone love Smash Brothers anyway? Yeah, including Gary Oldman. He's a character in it. <laughs> we did that joke last week. It's Captain Stan's <laughs> less than last week. It's only a couple of days ago. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, there's not much more for me to say on it. Really, it's, it's Smash Brothers. You know, we get them in Smash Brothers, and it's fucking great. So if I buy it, I'll play it for an hour and never play it again. Sure. Which is what happened with Your the, loss. The, Wii, the Wii U one. Yep. So, on to the, uh, the, top, the top two, is it? I think Game of the Year does come down to these two games, which is God of War and uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, for me, anyway. Do you agree, Samuel? Or do you yeah, think- it's got to be one of these two. I know which one I'm leaning more towards, but I think I'm going to save that uh, for the final, the final straw. Final push. Um, yeah. So how do you want to do this? Do you want to... We... Well, we've talked a lot about Red Dead Redemption 2 in the past couple of episodes, haven't we? We have. Maybe let's yeah, let's lean on God of War for a bit. Um, so God of War, for me, is uh, an exercise in showing... Because when you when new games or like a series comes to a new console, the the um, I think the, the thing a lot of developers would do would go, how can we escalate this? How can we make the stakes bigger? How can we make this bigger and bombastic? With God of War they almost like they turned the volume down they kind of they they made it a quieter game um and i think it succeeds because of that uh but that also results in it going absolutely off the hook as the game progresses then like it it, it raises the stakes again because of his past from the previous games and what that means for his son and i know a lot of the jokes around god of war has been like oh it's dad of war and stuff like that um 
and I know like the the whole thing about like you've got a kid with you, but like I don't that wasn't a bit in the game that particularly I think was very good. Like uh, I think the relationship between the two wasn't amazing, especially the way Kratos has no. Um, the the thing that I didn't like the mo didn't like about the game is when Kratos reveals he was a god, and I thought that scene was going to be bigger. But he's not even looking at the kid at the time. He's like dragging him back and goes, "I'm a god, boy," and you're like, "Yeah." But it's almost like he realised that it, he didn't need to keep it a secret this whole time. That there was because you know Atreus is just like, "Oh, cool, that's awesome," and then they just carry on anyway. So it's almost like it's just they kind of played on that thing that it wasn't really a big deal, and um, yeah, they moved on from that. Yeah, uh, but. Good stuff about the game. I think the combat is great. Um, the whole thing when you push the button and the axe goes into your hand is awesome. That's real cool. Um, yeah, the first time that happened, I just remember letting out a, a... I don't know what the sound was, but it was it was delightful. It was a delightful sound of pure just... I don't know. I was always going to try and recreate it then, but I, I stopped myself. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like the gameplay, you play it, and it's it's completely different to the originals. You know, I think they've taken a lot from The Last of Us in this game, even obviously the point where you've got a, a kid following you around, that sort of over-the-shoulder camera angle, uh, but the fact that you get to hurl an axe, do all these special crazy moves, and you go into those bits where you're like tearing, tearing beasties apart. It's just, it's really fun. Really, really fun. And the... It's a slow build as well uh, for the game because like God of War games are traditionally what eight hours long or whatever, and yeah. like when you're eight hours into or five hours into God of War, you're thinking, "Hold on a minute, like is this it? Like I haven't even unlocked the upgrade stuff yet. Like I'm still kind of going down these narrow paths. Like uh, usually at this point in the God of War game, I would have killed about eleven gods at this point, and <laughs> all I've hit is like these same enemies over and over again. Yeah. But once you, I mean, technically it's uh, it's an open world game, but you don't feel like it ever is. Be- well not until near the very end anyway because you are always going through a path uh you just kind of unlock areas as you go along but when it does get to that stage and you're trying to find all the different collectibles that's you know everything flows so well in that game and that's sort of like paired with how amazing it looks like you remember when you first get to the uh what's the big open sea bit called oh, just uh, the big lake the big lake yeah when you first get to that and uh, you see the massive serpent, and then the, every time you come back, like the water level goes down and opens new areas. Like the fact that they've created all of that with it looking so stunning uh, is mind-boggling to me, really. And you know it's uh, pushing the PlayStation to its limits by the fact that the fan goes a hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely going for it, doesn't it? You have to wear surround headphones for it, really. Otherwise, you're just not going to hear the game in the TV. Oh God, what a nightmare! <laughs> That's probably the worst thing about the game, to be honest. The fan, the fan was so loud. Um, yeah, I mean, I think some of the combat did get a little bit very like, quite tricky when you're fighting Valkyries, but like, I didn't feel like mm. it was fucking me over like the way Spider Man did in places. No. Like, I felt like Plus, I don't think I, I really loved the challenge of that as well. Mm. Like the final Valkyrie was such a challenge, and when you finally do it, you're like, yes! Like it almost feels a bit like Dark Souls, really. Because I, I only did some of the Valkyries, um, and I didn't do any of the. I did like some one battle in the battle arena in the fireplace, and there was also the fog place as well. But I went yeah. in there once, and I thought, you know what, not for me. They're basically end game uh, areas, so I mean, I really enjoy them. Again, they're a slog because you know, in order to get through them, you've got to dedicate some time. Uh, they get it's hard. You've got to level up to be able to beat certain bits and. You know, and that was great with it because it had this sort of end game stuff to it as well. I, I think 
like the way powers work, it, it reminded me a bit of uh, the first Batman game or the way like a lot of Metroidvania games work, where it doles out the powers at a good rate where you can see something and you go how do i get to this chest it's got all these barbed wire it's got these barbs around it like got these thorns around it and then you you get something later on which allows you to open that up and it kind of it gives you those powers like at a good rate rather than kind of feel like it's holding them back like too long for you to kind of just unleash at the end like it's giving you them like constantly throughout the game and you're like oh I, i remember seeing this thing over there which i can now unlock yeah man the moment you get the base of chaos as well like is... they kept that they kept that very well hidden from like trailers and leading up to the game because i had no idea that was going to happen but when you kind of like get to the part where you'll go home you go and you, you pull the box out and you're like oh my god oh my god it's them isn't it and then he opens it and you get to use them as a weapon and it's just like ah oh, what such a throwback that, to the original. that is that is a uh like a bit like I have no sort of reverence for the the previous God of War games. Like I was aware of like the what the weapon is, and he goes, "Oh, I need yeah. something which you can burn." But that whole sequence where he's sitting there in the boat and like Athena's talking to him, like uh, even though I had no sort of reverence for those old games, I can kind of get like this is uh, his past he's trying to escape from, and there's elements yeah. of his past that come in as well, which I don't think you need to play the original games to get, which I, I didn't, um, and I still kind of got. Like he's like he's trying to escape from his past, and like his past is trying to come back and haunt him in a number of ways. Yeah, but that's why it's such a great almost reboot because you can still play it as if it's the first game. It feels so separate to the others, yet it still kind of links them in so many different ways. That um, I think just the way that they've made this game is, you know, like on a, on a level that's quite different to anything else. And you can see there's just enough. Well, there's there's enough. It, it doesn't end on a sort of big boss battle. It kind of ends when you learn some truths about what the boy yeah. is. Like you figure out his name's. He's actually Loki. He's like the son of a giant or half giant, yeah. half god. Um, and uh, if you don't know North mythology, which I don't like, <laughs> Loki's a name you've probably heard of, right? Yeah. Apparently, he's going to turn into god of mischief, god of god of being a dick. <laughs> But it sets it up quite nicely for a sequel anyway, which is obviously definitely going to happen, and I cannot wait. Yep. It's going to take going to be quite a while before that comes out, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, speaking of games that took a while, Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> Eight years Whoa. in development, millions and millions of pounds, probably the biggest entertainment release of all time. Um, what more do we have to say about this game? I, I, th- I, th- I think it's a game that despite its flaws overcomes them with just other moments of sheer brilliance so i read something about this game earlier where it said at its worst it feels like like creatives having like a bit of a difference about what their particular elements of the game should be and i kind of see that in a way like the characters control sometimes that's as odds with um the, the with how you're supposed to play the game like the kind of the the running and shooting isn't quite as tight as it kind of made maybe demands but it said like at the best the game feels like a novel and yeah. I, I kind of see that because there's so many characters in there like they they're all um got their own deep backstories they feel like they're fully fleshed out like not every not anyone feels like a sort of two-dimensional character with only one trait like even the antagonists of the game like like dutch and uh, micah like you can with dutch you kind of see him as a charismatic character who slowly loses it and but you sort of you still buy you still buy it as a as a player you still buy yeah. it as like you, you feel that's realistic <clears throat> Micah, who's a dick, he's always kind of always looking out for himself. Like, but you still kind of buy his motivations. Yeah, the 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 scale of it 
is is like no other because because well, it's the, the amount of people that are working on the game, right? There's so many. The amount of money that's been pumped into that game is ridiculous, and it's been, and it's allowed for you know the experimental bits of it to go in without it really letting down any of the rest of the game. Um, you know, it does take a while to get to grips with the control system. You've really got to invest time into it to keep up to keep up with it. Um, you know, but at the same time, you don't have to go off and do all these side things. You can just smash on with the main story if you wanted to. So all those sort of like extra bits that are a bit annoying are kind of just like additions anyway, that just kind of make the game better as a whole. Yeah. Um, but I think we said this in the last episode that I think we wanted something better from the ending. Um, I still loved the prologue. I think that was such a new way of handling an ending to a game. Um, but it still had some loose ends or bits that we, we may, may have thought were handled differently. Um, in terms of the, the fun that you get from this game, I mean, even just riding around the open West doing what you want, even if you don't follow the main story, that's fun in itself. But then you've got all these other characters that are like really sort of well thought out. Um, the fact that you're in a part of a gang and you feel like, you know, you need to do things to help the other people in your gang as well. Um, it's yeah, it's a it's a it's a fantastic game, really. And uh, like all the other like uh, environmental storytelling stuff as well. Like uh, my one encounter with the nightmen, where there's someone hanging, you shoot him down. Yeah, like, they just kind of walk out from these trees and just kind of walk towards yeah. you. And um, the lady in the toilet, the outhouse thing, yeah, who's just screaming at you. Um, you find that, and it's just like, whoa, wait a minute, this is weird. And you think, right, well, there must be something I can do then about that. But I haven't found it. It's almost like when you get to the end and you're walking around, uh, I think it's Blackwater, and there's a guy that comes up to you and he's like, have you seen my mate Gavin? Yeah, like, you see him uh, throughout no. the entire game. And like when you're at Blackwater right. and so, so I, I saw him in a number of different places and then like the, the fact that you're playing as John Master now and it's like yeah. five years later and I go to Blackwater and I hear, Gavin! And like he looks really distressed and you say but to no him... no one's found him, have they? Uh, like he's, no one has found and, Gavin. And, and, <laughs> I, I talked to him and he goes like, how long have you been missing? It's like only years, only five bloody years. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Apparently, Where's he gonna be then? Apparently, there's no one called Gavin in the game. People did a deep dive. Well, <laughs> there's like no one in the credits called Gavin. No, but then it's one of those secrets because I let Rockstar love their secrets. It's like GTA Five of the whole alien mystery, isn't it? Yeah, the UFO mystery. Like there will be something that I'm sure at some point somebody is going to have found like some sort of answer to that. I think if you kill him, he's got like a letter on him as well. Right. And there's quite a lot of uh, weird things like that. Like uh, the mayor in one town, I think it's Strawberry, who's like, um, there's a mayor who's always standing around doing these like big speeches. Um, but it, apparently if you kill him, you find out he's like a homosexual lover with the, the hotel owner who's like a professor. And right. like just weird things like that you wouldn't know until you actually like kill the yeah. guy or whatever. Yeah, they've created a vast world there with like so many different things to discover. Would you say it's would you say it's the most game? The most game? Yeah, it's a game with the most in it. That can boast the most roast. Yeah. Probably, yeah. But that doesn't mean that it is the game of the year for me though. Mm. Do you say it is more God of War? hundred uh, percent. I I mean I loved Red Dead. I thought it was an amazing experience. By the end, I was genuinely heartbroken that it had come to an end. But um, it has its flaws. Um, and to me, for me, I really struggled to find any flaws in God of War. I mean, as a whole, as a game, uh, I thought that was near perfection for me. Yeah. I th- uh, when it, with Red Dead, I, it was a game I couldn't stop thinking about. 
uh, when I was playing it. I, I I had work I needed to do, but I had to I put it off to play Red Dead instead. Um, and it's with Red Dead Redemption Two, it's an achievement like no other. Um, mm-hmm. But I think. Uh, like you said, the highs of God of War maybe hit it slightly higher for me as well. Um, it was, yeah, it's the fact that it's so much more cinematic as well. I feel like it really pulls you into that world more. But I think uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 is the smartest and cleverest uh, oh, Rockstar yeah. have ever been. Um, Definitely. And I think they've said it themselves, and I, I agree with them. Like, if they had to do another GTA game, it's uh, because GTA is all about like parody of modern day co- American culture and modern day culture, and anything you put in GTA now would be actually have happened <laughs> in real life, or like would be so outdated. Um, so the fact they had to like take a step back and do like an ensemble piece with Red Dead Redemption Two, which isn't a satire, it's just like a good story well told. It's 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 certainly like an achievement. Yeah, like uh, Rockstar I've not hit before. I think this is the yeah. best Rockstar I've ever been. But uh, like you said, uh, there's something about God of War, which um, like I never thought I could care about a God of War game. Well, no. I I mean, I've always loved the series, but this just hits another level. Yeah, I, I never played. I played like the first game once and I got sick of me falling off a... Uh, like a very tiny plank, and I saw friends of mine rave about it. Every time I played it, I was like, "Ah, this doesn't do it for me." And <laughs> I just, yeah, it, it, the game always felt like very one note. And the, the thing I heard about it is like, "Oh, the cinematic sequences are quite cool when you're fighting a big boss." And I was like, "Don't, don't care." Um, but <laughs> God of War is, uh, yeah, it's. I never thought I could care about those characters, and I do. Yeah, would you say it's our game of the year? I would say God of War is probably uh, the two licensed game of the year then. Uh, with second place, a very close second place, I think Red Dead Redemption 2, because it's, yeah. it's boy, what a game. What a game both games yeah, are. Yeah, they're both uh, excellent games. The real winner here today is video games. Yes, and you, avid listeners. And you, listeners. We have been the best boys of the internet, David and Sam. Uh, this has been Two Lies Left. As always, you can find us over on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Two Lives Left podcast. We also do another podcast about superhero movies, which you can find over on facebook.com forward slash Origin Story, the podcast. You can also find that podcast on Spotify as well, uh, which is good. Uh, if you've enjoyed it, Give us a big hearty face like on Facebook on leave us good reviews and tell us we are the good boys. Um, and maybe, just maybe, we'll do a second episode. Of, of Origin Story. Yeah. We, we've done it. We might redo it. <laughs> we might redo it. <laughs> we, we might do it again. Uh, we, want it, we, want it to be, we want it to be the best just for you. So which we should talk we're about. We're just getting that formula. We should talk about right, outside yeah. the podcast. Uh, no, no, no. No, no, no. Let's talk about it now. There's no, there's no secrets here. <laughs> uh, Thanks for listening, chums. We'll see you in 2019, uh, where there's going to be lots of good games coming out. Uh, what are you looking forward to yeah. most next year? Well, fucking hell, January, February, we've got an absolute God, they are bundle. stacked, aren't they? What, yeah. Resident Evil 2, Anthem, Kingdom Crackdown. Hearts 3, Anthem, yeah. Oh my God. Days Gone's you know, been bit, delayed. I'm already right? a bit overwhelmed. But I'm very much looking forward to Resident Evil 2, though. Yes, that is probably... Uh, hopefully I can actually play it, because I'm going to be... I might not have the internet by then. <laughs> Do you need internet to play it? Uh, no, but I might buy it on the PC, you see, and I need to download it. Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. Oh, but I want to play it in 60 frames a second. Nah, PlayStation. Game Station, boy. more like, what? Okay, we're done Happy here. Happy 2019, everyone. We're done here. <laughs>